The Super Nintendo is a pretty strong contender for my favourite games console of all time. We all know it has some of the best games ever made on it. I got mine for Christmas one year and it was totally unexpected. If you've watched any of my old videos you'll know that Christmas was always a good time for me and my brother. The SNES was a few years old when I got one so there were already some great games available for it and we're going to take a look at some of my favourite ones that I had as a kid. Again, like some of my old videos, I'm going to try and focus on the games that not everyone would have owned but I was lucky enough to have. My favourite game of all time is one that I got with the console, Super Metroid. I also had Mario Kart, Mario All-Stars, Mario World, and they get talked about all the time, and rightly so. And you might be surprised to know that I didn't even have Zelda, Castlevania 4, or Secret of Mana, not too much later anyway. But indulge me once more as I take another trip down memory lane as we look at some of the Super Nintendo games I had as a kid. Remember when I said I was going to look at games that most people didn't have? I lied. Street Fighter 2 Turbo has to get mentioned, as it's the game that made me want a Super Nintendo in the first place. A few of my friends had it, and it was the first NES game I ever played. Of course, it blew me away. We had a NES, Master System and Commodore 64 at the time, and nothing could even compare to the graphics, sound and gameplay of Street Fighter 2 Turbo. I don't think I'd even played a one-on-one -on -one fighting game before this. We didn't really have arcades where I was in the UK either, so I never got to play it there either. I know that all of you already know everything about this game, so I'll keep it brief. In a nutshell, everything about the game is awesome. You have loads of fantastic characters to choose from who each have their own movesets. You even get to choose from the four boss characters that you didn't get to do in the first iteration of Street Fighter 2. The special moves are easy to pull off with just a little practice, and none of the moves are overly complicated to do. I remember sitting with the manual on my lap in two-player mode, practicing my Hadoukens and Dragon Punches until I got them down. I like to try and play as all the characters in a game like this, and the only thing that I think is missing from the game is an option to randomly select your character, and you know if that's the main problem I have with the game, it must be good. Like I said, the controls are fantastic, and the look of the game is great too. The characters are all large and have loads of detail and fantastic animation, they each have their own levels to fight on too, with plenty going on in the background, there's just so much character to it. And yep, the sound of music is some of my favourite on the SNES, the sounds it makes when you kick someone in the face are all so meaty, it's great, and the voice samples are all suitably epic. Basically, Street Fighter 2 Turbo is an awesome game that still plays just as well as any other modern fighting game out there, maybe even better in some cases. If for some reason you haven't played this already, you need to. I was very lucky and got three games bundled with my SNES. One of them was Super Metroid, which I'd never heard of, but I instantly loved it. The other two I'd also never heard of, but both of them also turned out to be decent games. The first one I tried was Kid Clown's Crazy Chase. This one is an isometric platform game which kind of plays like a reverse Crash Bandicoot, with you running down towards the screen rather than away from it. The evil bastard space pirate Blackjack has, you guessed it, kidnapped a princess, and it's up to Kid Clown to rescue her. But it's not going to be that simple. Blackjack has planted comedy bombs all over the place too, so you're on a time limit for each level and you have to race to get to the bomb before it blows up. There aren't really any enemies in the game, instead you run towards the screen avoiding loads of obstacles that are all themed on the level that you're on. For instance, in the forest level there are bushes, puddles, trees and axes to jump over or dodge, and later on when you're in the city, there's traffic as well as construction work and trash. 
It might sound pretty lame, but it all kind of makes sense, and every obstacle has its own animation if you don't avoid it. That's one of the biggest strengths of the game. It has a great sense of humour, and strangely, there are times where you want to hit an obstacle just to see what happens. The animation is fantastic, and often quite funny. The levels are all littered with floating balloons, which you have to jump up to grab. These contain health and coins, as well as one of four items that represents the four houses and cards. Hearts, spades, diamonds and clubs. You'll need to collect all four of these before you're able to complete the level. If you don't have them all when you reach the bomb, you have to start the level again. Luckily, you don't lose a life. The balloons can also contain bombs which harm you. This can be a bit annoying as it's actually harder than you'd think to grab the balloons thanks to the isometric view. You do get used to it, but when you're down to your last bit of health only to die because of a bomb hidden in a balloon, it's a little annoying and there's no way to avoid it. You have to just memorise which balloons they're in. There's a few bonus stages in here too. Some are hidden within the levels and see you flying up through the air collecting coins and avoiding falling anvils. Also at the end of every level you play either whack-a-mole or air hockey. Both of these are actually really well done and the better you do at them the more your health you start on the next level with. Overall, Kid Clown's Crazy Chase is a lot of fun. It's got a load of personality and it's different to most games out there. Definitely one you should check out. The third game I got with the SNES was Wario's Woods. Again, I'd never heard of the game before I got it, but it's a puzzle game and it's probably one of my favourites. You play as Toad and you have to battle opponents in a best out of three by clearing your screen of monsters, rather than just matching three or more like in a lot of games like this. Instead, you have monsters and bombs in a variety of colours. You've got to match two or more monsters with at least one bomb of the same colour to blow them up. You can do this in any direction too. You have a few different buttons here, which at the start can be pretty confusing. You have a button that can pick up a single bomb or monster, and another to pick up an entire column of bombs and monsters. When you're holding more than one monster, pressing the single pickup button allows you to drop them one at a time, or pressing the column button again will drop all of them. You also have a button to drop whatever you're holding directly below you, putting you to the top of the column. Also, the L and R buttons are used to kick bombs and monsters to the left or right. At the top of the screen you have either a pixie who magics in bombs to help you out, but she soon switches to a monster that drops even more monsters after a minute or so. Luckily they do switch back. Also, when you make big combos a few different things can happen. You can create a diamond, which when you match it with a bomb of the same colour gets rid of all monsters of that colour. You can also get an egg which appears on your opponent's side, and when it hatches it creates a whole row of monsters. You can also make a column of monsters appear, with a good enough combo. These are a lot harder to make than you'd think though, and usually I get them by luck. I'm sure with enough planning though, you can do it through skill. Oh, and if that wasn't all, the ceiling is a thwomp and it keeps coming down to crush you. You can make it raise by matching four or more monsters with a bomb, or making a diagonal match of any size. Something to note is that Toad runs up walls here, so thankfully you can never box yourself in. It sounds pretty complicated, but it doesn't take long to get used to, and you better get used to it fast because your opponents here are pretty unforgiving. I've never managed to actually beat this game, partly because it's really hard, and partly because I beat about 20 opponents and it shows no sign of coming to an end. The game has no save or password, so starting from the beginning every time can be draining. You do have infinite continues though, and there are three difficulties, which start you at tougher opponents, but it does take a while still. Considering it's called Wario's Woods, other than on the title screen, I haven't actually seen him anywhere else in the game. I'm assuming he's the last boss, but like I said, I've never actually gotten that far. However, this is a game I do keep coming back to again and again. It looks great and sounds great, and the control is fantastic. If you're looking for a new puzzle game, this is a great take on the genre, and it puts up a decent fight. You also have practice modes and a puzzle mode, where you have a limited number of bombs to clear the screen. It's a surprising amount of content. Also, if you like a bit of competition, the multiplayer mode can get very frantic, and easily causes as many arguments as a game like Mario Party. I don't often hear this one talked about, but it definitely should be. Check it out.
Let's take a look at my second favourite fighting game on the Super Nintendo, Killer Instinct. It was made by Rare at the height of their digitised graphics craze that they started with the Donkey Kong Country series, and it looks fantastic. The roster of characters here is a crazy mix of freaks. You've got ninjas, werewolves, skeletons, dinosaurs, robots and more. Controlling the characters is easy. Most of the special attacks are the same as Street Fighter, so if you're familiar with that then you'll be able to pick this up fairly quickly. However, there are characters like Spinal who are a little more technical and take a bit of getting used to. The main focus on Killer Instinct here are the combos. Each character has a great selection of them to figure out, from small 3 hit ones to ultra 50 hit combos that take nearly all of your opponent's life. Pulling these off is incredibly satisfying and also pretty tricky. As this came out after Mortal Kombat 2, you also have finishes in here. These are fun to do, but a little more tame. The game definitely isn't as gory as Mortal Kombat games, with the finishes being things like being turned into a pile of ash, shot with a rocket, or in the case of the only female character, Orchid, flashing your boobs at them and killing them with a heart attack. Looking back, this is pretty risque for a Super Nintendo game, or on any Nintendo console for that matter. Of course, you don't actually see the goods, but you know what's happening. The graphics here are excellent, the digitised characters look great and they have a lot of detail. The animations are all smooth and there's some really nice particle effects in here. The backgrounds are all decent too, but there isn't really a lot going on in them. However, each character does have their own stage, like for example when you fight Combo, his fight takes place in a boxing gym, which makes sense, but other than the fact that there's a boxing ring in the background, nothing else is really going on. You'd expect to see some more in the background, like training or something like that. It's not really a big deal, but it would have been nice. If you're playing a stage that's high up and you end the match with a large combo, your opponent will fall all the way down and splat on the floor, without much gore though. Speaking of combos, I've mentioned that they're a big focus in the game and you really do have to learn them, as your opponents are pretty tough, even on the easier difficulties. They're quick to learn your attacks and will block and counter you a lot. There's also combo breaker moves. These are very important to learn as the computer has no issues hammering you with a 20 hit combo quite regularly, so you want to prepare your combo breakers. Button mashing won't get you very far here. Overall, Killer Instinct still holds up as a fantastic fighter, even today, and it's definitely harder than some of the other fighters on the SNES, but I would say it is one of the best. Let's stick with some hard action. I should rephrase that. If you like things hard, the next... No, that's no better. I'm talking about Smash TV. Smash TV is a top-down shooter that I guess nowadays would be a twin-stick shooter. It takes inspiration from a few 80s action movies, namely The Running Man, though, where you are part of a game show and your life is on the line. You go from room to room shooting hundreds of enemies. Once you've killed them all, it's on to the next one until you get to the boss, who is always a huge, ugly bastard that takes a hell of a lot of firepower to put down. Smash TV doesn't look the best, but the gameplay is just fantastic. You control your man with a D-pad, and each of the four face buttons fires a different direction. You can also fire diagonally. You'll need to master the art of walking one way and firing the opposite direction if you want to survive here. The enemies come in a lot of varieties and tend to change after each world is completed. You get your standard thugs who come at you with clubs, but soon you'll be fighting tanks, gunners and fat blokes that explode firing shrapnel across the screens. It's a good idea to try and become a Jedi when you play this game and just sense where your character is on the screen and focus mainly on the enemies and power-ups that appear. And there's loads of them. You can collect gifts that contain things like toasters, meat and cash. These just give you points, but as usual, get enough points and you'll get an extra life, which you're definitely going to need. Extra lives also pop up on the levels, as well as loads of different weapons. You can get grenade launchers, bazookas and spread guns, as well as speed ups and an orb that circles you and fires you in whatever direction you're firing in. Thankfully, all the weapons are rapid fire and you just need to hold down the button. They also have their own strengths and weaknesses, like the grenade launcher is powerful but has a short range. The spread is great for clearing clusters, 
but it isn't as powerful, and the bazooka will shoot straight through the standard enemies, letting you take out loads in just one shot. Someone that needs a mention is the host of the show. I don't know if he has a name, but he has some great voice samples, quoting a few lines from Robocop, like, I'd buy that for a dollar. It's a great little nod, and always raises a smile. The game is best played in two-player simultaneous co-op. You and a buddy can take on the hordes of enemies together, but it doesn't make it any easier. You also share lives, which is likely to cause a few arguments, but once you both get good, it's so much fun. Let's finish off with a bit of class, Boogerman by Interplay. Boogerman, a pick and flick adventure, is a game made for people with a childish sense of humour. So me, basically. You play as Boogerman, who is a janitor with a superhero alter ego. After an accident in a lab, a crystal gets flushed to dimension excrement, and you have to get it back before the evil Boogermeister uses it to take over Earth with his army of feces-based enemies. Boogerman has a few different attacks. You can, of course, jump on most enemies to kill them, but you can also pick your nose and flick your boogers to defeat enemies. If you pick up some milk, this changes this attack to a loogie that you can spit in a straight line, rather than the arc that the boogers have. You also have a gas meter, so you can charge up a huge burp that goes across the whole screen, taking out enemies. And yes, if you crouch and hold the button down, Boogerman builds up a huge airborne toxic event that does massive damage. None of this is big or clever, but it is fun. And it's also pretty damn tough. The graphics here are fantastic, the animation is amazing. Boogerman and all the enemies have a great personality to them that reminds me a lot of the Tick animated series, and that's a good thing. The issue here though is that while it looks fantastic, all the sprites are a bit too large and they take up too much room on the screen. This means that you have barely enough time to react when an enemy comes on screen, and most of the time you'll take a hit before you have time to do anything, makes it feel a bit cheap. Luckily, you can take a few hits before you die, and there's capes littered around across the level to restore your health. The health is actually represented by Boogerman's cape. If it's red, you're at full health, take a hit and it turns yellow, take another hit and you melt into a pile of snot. Throughout each of the levels you'll find plungers that you can collect and pus balls on the floor that you can jump on. At the end of the level, if you've collected enough plungers and jumped on enough pus, you can build a ladder to make an extra life, but if you don't have enough, then there's no extra life for you. Thankfully, there is a password system here, and you do also have infinite continues. However, the password always starts you from the first act of the world, and most worlds have three stages and then a boss fight. Luckily, if you use a continue, you start at the boss stage again, so you don't have to go through the whole level. Oh, and there are loads of levels, and some of them are pretty large. There's over 20 in total, and even some extra bonus levels that you can access by flushing yourself down a toilet. So, like I said, it's not big and it's not clever, but if you're a fan of challenging action platformers and can take a bit of crude toilet humour, Boogerman is a solid title which looks great and plays well that's worth taking a look at. So there you go, another exciting video about some of the games I spent hours playing on my SNES. What games did you have growing up? Let us know in the comments below. Don't forget to like and subscribe, we upload new comment whenever we make it. And you can also check out the Two Guys One Game podcast. Just search Two Guys One Game wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify. And if you have Instagram, you can find us there at The Reviews Brothers. But most importantly, thank you for watching and we'll see you next time.